All right. It's a new day and a new stream of thought. What do you think of that? I'm kind of indifferent. I think I got tired of it after the third time. Me too. I'm bored. Okay, let's restart. Nope. Uh, hey everyone, welcome back to Stream hey, of Thought. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. To okay, our, so we're back. Episode for Stream of Thought, episode number sixty-seven. Sixty-seven, and we begin by Victor. You got you got a handful of things to talk about. I have a handful. A handful of. Uh, <laughs> I have a thumbful. I have a little cut that we talk about oh snow blowing as well. Yeah, conveniences in life, and then we sort of veer off into the philosophical. Talk a little bit about. Uh, Religion and spirituality. Yeah, because both Victor and I come from very different perspectives on it. So, And you're going to enjoy it because neither of us are trying to impose our thoughts on one another or listeners. This is a very it's a dialogue. nonchalant dialogue, not that which you would find somewhere like else on the internet or in the media where people are just trying to shove something down your throat and consume this one idea. Yeah. We're just hanging out talking. Hopefully it opens your eyes a little bit. Yes, or your souls. <laughs> or your souls. And then we wrap up by talking a little bit about uh, race of all things. A little bit. A little bit. Race, but also so just gender and privilege. And like Privilege it's, and it's discrimination. Just mildly, try to unpackage it. Mildly. Try to unpackage it. Like, what yeah. does it mean when people say those sort of things? Yes. So, kind of a, a Webster's Dictionary of the audio podcast variety. Yeah. <laughs> that is perfect. So, with that being said, episode number 67 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> I'll start with one thing. I cut my finger today. Dude, that looks pretty nasty. No, it's just... It's all right. It's is a little it cut. still bloody? It looks pretty no, red. No, the thing is, if I apply pressure, the blood underneath will break what's been... Yeah, what's, you know it, looks, it looks like a pinprick gone bad. Like maybe no, a nail. A, nail no, what happened was I was shaving, thumb. and I took the blade out of the, butt, out of the thing, and I accidentally cut myself. And it's fine. But when I apply pressure, like, some of the blood will come up a little bit, you know. And the th- this is a weird, like, you can't really Band-Aid this. It's kind of a weird appendage to yeah. Band-Aid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Fingers are kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Fingers are kind of weird. Like, Mor- moral really, of the story. You like, they're not wow, flat. They're kind of rounder. You can't, it's, start. like, interesting to try and take care of. You can't really do too much with oh it. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I um, know, I know. I think they have. I think there's specific band aids for your fingers, though. They've I don't know de- about they've that. developed special. Yeah, no, they've developed like the wrap around the technology. To- they, <laughs> the technology. All you do is add an extra strap and move where the, the the gauze is. So um, I'm not get, too get about some it. of those if you're going to be as sloppy as I'm not too worried about to it. cut your finger open. But I decided to shave. Uh, just what kind of blade is this? Is this like a safety razor? <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> yes. This is a safety. Re- this is an old school double edged single yeah, blade okay. that goes into the. Uh, I think I talked about this before. Oh Where yeah, that's twist right. Twist the bottom single, and yeah. the doors, the things oh, open up. Oh my goodness, dude! It's the type that our our parents do. Our parents used growing up. Have you used it often? Yeah, I've I've been using it for a long time. What happened was I was opening it up and it slipped from my finger and it just it cut my thumb. It was an accident. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was one thing that happened to me Cool, today. man. Good story. Um, but it's funny that you said that you are – I can't help but just notice your 
coupling those strawberries with <laughs> a pair of balls right now. Why do you only have two strawberries? Because I, I ate two already, and I'm not going to eat it on mic. <sighs> These are pretty ripe strawberries, okay. so they're going to make some noise. So <laughs> I was surprised. I forgot. I guess I never knew. I don't know. That you, your family had a snowblower because my dad oh, yeah. bought a snowblower on Thursday night or Wednesday. Whenever it was that it was supposed to snow the next day. Yeah. He bought a snowblower. Thank goodness because shoveling is a pain in the ass, right? And so <laughs> You're he gets, telling me. He gets a snowblower and it's done snowing, right? Mm-hmm. All however many 10 inches that we got. And I thought to myself, wow, perfect timing for getting a snowblower because it took us maybe... I mean, an hour to do our driveway and the sidewalk, as opposed to it would, dude. It would take probably four hours to do the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, about it was about ten shovel. inches that would have had to. Dude, get I was removed. using the snowblower. Wow. Oh yeah, what Couple an amazing of passes, like, piece of machinery. It really is, and I mean, like I was telling you, our driveway, the snow was compact enough that we were able to use it on the gravel driveway without really any concern. So. I oh I would not want to have thought because it's especially like a block the worth snow, of driveway. Especially because the snow that snowed was heavy. There was more moisture in it than the time before that it Correct. snowed. It was just like super light, fluffy snow. Yeah, it's but dude, this is this is the most snow that we've gotten in many many years. This has been this the area. most snow in a single event since four years ago. And we're getting five more inches. I don't care. Bring it on. I got a snowblower now. <laughs> That's right. As long as you can get out of the driveway. I, it's it's now like, even if it snows like an inch, I want to use that snowblower. Yeah. So, fun story. Uh, before we got the snowblower out and did the driveway, my brother decided to try and leave the house with an unplowed dri- uh, driveway. And you know how you have to go up the hill? He ended up falling in the ditch like almost no three way. times. No, he didn't actually go in. But it came down to the the lip. And it was everybody's fault but his. No, he, I mean, <laughs> it was like one of those things where, I mean, he was at it for probably 20 minutes, just back and forth, back and forth, just trying to get out when of the driveway. When was it? What? Uh, this was yesterday, right? As the snow was coming down, he wanted to go to a friend's house. And so he left, and it's just like, what are you doing? You couldn't wait, like, because my dad ended up going out right after and snow blowing the driveway. So it's like... You couldn't oh wait, like, 30 God. minutes or something. I to... mean, it was just watching him. It's like, you're going to go in the ditch. You're going to go in the ditch. I have no idea how he managed not to, to fall in. Because he doesn't even have four-wheel drive. Right. So it was one of those things, like, are you so insistent on doing a certain thing that you will, like, risk getting your car stuck in a snow ditch, unable to get out? Well, I went to work on Friday at noon, which was nice because in the morning is when we snow blowed the driveway. So it's not yeah. like I had to leave at 5 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, it wasn't whatever, like he know? was going to work or anything. But I get to work, and they hadn't plowed the parking lot yet. And my car, I was thinking about this that day, and I thought to myself, my car is the worst car to drive in snow next to the Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> you know, dude, driving, and driving that old because there were Beetle there was was the worst in winter because dude. going in parking spaces where you could tell there was maybe a car there, but there were several inches of snow. I thought to myself, if I try and park in this parking space where there's some snow, this wasn't ten inches; it was like you yeah. know maybe five or six inches of snow or something. I thought to myself, I'll get stuck, and that is not happening. And so I made up my own parking space where there some of the snow had been plowed, like from the previous time. Yeah. I just made up my own parking space next to a snowbank, and I just 
kept thinking to myself, like, man, Victor, give yourself a pat on the back for this phenomenal decision that you made because there was literally no good parking spaces. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. We are we are good at improvising up here in the north. Yeah. And uh, going back to the snowblower real quick, it's really cool because on, on top of it is, like, this little plastic, like, uh, shovel. You know those, like, little hand shovels that are really narrow? Mm-hmm. to like picket stuff there's like a light on it it's orange it can get up to like a foot of snow oh wow really it's like a, okay. it's, it's got an electric an optional electric start so if in the event that like you're trying to start it up and it's like so cold you can't pull the cord to start it just plug it into an outlet and just hit the button and it just starts automatically it's a solid investment man dude it's, it, it's really my dad couldn't stop talking about it and i couldn't stop thinking about it either well i mean it's just think about how much time it saves you because yeah you think you know it took you an hour when it would have taken like four hours before that that's easily like dude. the economics of it just in time savings is totally economics not to mention your health i don't it, for me all i really need to worry, worry about is like my form with my back you know oh yeah absolutely i did almost 60 when you get up to that age you start worrying about heart attacks you know from shoveling too much it's a snow. good workout though yes i mean it really is it's as but long ne- as you're not pushing yourself our next door neighbor who's i don't know he's maybe 40 or something i have no idea how old he is he was like he told my dad like yeah i got a snowblower i used to shovel i got a snowblower because it started hurting my back and i was like screw that and so my dad again was like finally after it was about four years after they were having like that conversation or maybe again that four winters have gone by since my dad finally was like, okay, I'll get a snowblower now. But the last several winters have been pretty mild. Where it's Well, like yeah, there hasn't crazy. really been that need, but you get this much snow, it's like, yeah, yeah. Time, the time has come. It's a good investment to have. For sure, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, I'm ready for the next snow. Bring it on because I want to use my snowblower. <laughs> Just driving, man. I think that's that's the main concern. I went out to run an errand while it was snowing, and I thought to myself, I may not come back. You're an absolute... (laughs) Why? Why wouldn't you wait? I can't remember. I, like, had to go out and do something before the snow got worse. I can't remember what it was, but I had to go out and do something. (laughs) All right. I think the the streets had been... It was, like, mid-snow, so it was still drivable before... Before it got to the point where the snowplows couldn't keep up with the snow, you know what I'm saying? This was after we recorded... This was before we recorded. I think this was earlier that... No. Yeah, this had to have been because the snow happened while we were recording last night with Nikita. So it probably was I don't know. (laughs) All these days blend together for me. Isn't that crazy? Okay, so taking a 90-degree turn, uh, because we haven't actually really talked about this in a while. So you... When's the last time that you went to church? Uh, To a church service. You know what? Actually... When I went to go see you at Downers Grove, see really? you at Downers Grove. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's so interesting. Why? why and the only reason is? I went was because you were happened to be preaching that day, so yeah. I just went to support you. Because you're not a super. I was there like by myself, all, right? No, you, you don't consider yourself like a. Do you consider yourself a Christian? Like no. I don't know what you consider yourself. No, like, agnostic, nope. atheist. Um, I really need to. Apathetic. I, I mean, I like, really need what? to read Lillian's book, Spiritual, Spiritual but Not Religious, because that pretty much sums it up for me. That is Just, spiritual but not religious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's well. That's that's how a good portion of the country identifies themselves now as spiritual but not religious. Like that's a segment, 
And so her book was sort of a counter to that. Yeah. Of just why religious communities are important. But, I mean, you went to, like, you had positive experiences in youth group, right? Oh, yeah. I loved youth group. Yeah. But then confirmation happened and so you just stopped. I recall going to church at St. Pat's when I was, like, three. I have a very vague memory of that and doing Sunday school. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long we did that for. Maybe it was That's just right, a year. You were at St. Pet's. Maybe it was just a year. Maybe it was like six months. I cannot tell you Catholic the time frame. Indoctrination. But I just remember being there a few times. And then we never, ever, ever went on a weekly basis. It was always Christmas and Easter. Creasters. The Creasters, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, and again, that's how most people And then are. in middle school and in high school, some of high school, I did youth group at, uh... So you never went to Sunday school, really? I did. I remember going to Sunday school sometimes. Actually, Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So every once in a while, you guys would... Yeah. What did you do on Sundays? What do you mean? When I... Like... So it's just Saturday number two, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because you – did you do sports on Saturday? Oh, yeah. We'd do sports on Saturday. So, like, Sunday, Sunday was your, game. like, day of rest or whatever. No, it was just – I mean, sometimes or. games would be on Sundays, I think. Really? For soccer, soccer yeah. Games? I soccer. mean, not in high school, like, for club soccer. Okay. It was just another day of the week that I didn't have to go to school. Yeah. That's so interesting because I come from such a different world. Yeah, dude. Where I, I was, like – Yeah, I and, – and I went to, like, church a few times with Jeff at – Park Community Church, I think is what it's called in Chicago. I remember, oh no, and I went when I would when I was in Indianapolis. I went because my friends, my friend Micah always went to church, and his dad was always like, "Hey, you want to go to church with us?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I was like, pretty, I I was uh, open minded, and I went to it, and I I wasn't like super into it, you know. I remember Micah sometimes was like put on the Christian radio station to and from church, and I was like, dude, we don't need to listen to this. I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want to oh, listen yeah, to this. Oh, yeah, I don't care for this. Christian radio something. You know? But it was never over the... I would. I kept going. I didn't mind going. It was never, like, over the top or too much for me. Like, I enjoyed going to that uh, Church for the Nations in Carmel, Indiana. Yeah. It's so interesting, because, like, for me... I've, I've been in several churches over the course of the past couple of years. Never... I don't think I've actually attended a full service, but... Going into a church outside of Sunday services, it's like, for me, it still feels like walking into a very familiar place. It doesn't really matter what church it is. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because you think, or I've come to discover that most people don't really have that sort of familiarity or comfort in being in a church building, right? It's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot feel of like people... like when I'm in a church building, I have to watch my behavior. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you have to be very, like, stay the on the right... The walls are up when I'm in a, when I'm in that environment yeah yeah and it's like you don't you you're not going to like explore the building or anything like that if you're if you have a meeting you'll like go to the meeting room right you or will you be like oh i'll check out you know the sanctuary and i should say i mean i'm pretty i totally don't mind ever just wandering around places whether i'm supposed to or not um i would say when i'm in you know when people, you know, say hi to your neighbor and everything? Hello, 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 hello. Passing before, the piece, yeah. yeah. And I remember, too, when there would be events or, like, afterwards talking to people. Like, I had – I felt like I I had to be a filtered version of myself. 
I had to be a tone. I had to be a toned down version of myself. That's fair. Yeah. No, I I think a lot of people are like that. You know. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, people try to like be on their best behavior yeah. when they're in church, even if it's not like during a service or whatever. If you're just in the building, you're like. And I remember sure I'm too doing everything proper. I I I read the Bible pretty voraciously. And uh, I'll Voraciously. show. It, I'll show it to you. Nice. I will show it to you, and you will be very surprised. Uh, the notes and underlines that I made. In Are they it. voracious notes? Um, they're just kind of like underlining stuff that I thought was cool <laughs> and made sense. Yes. Except for I will say the Book of Numbers. Wow, huge bore that one is. <laughs> I have no need to know the dimensions of the giant curtain that you guys had in a temple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the like, genealogy. Oh my goodness! Do not care about that. Um. Anyway, I remember after a while, I was like making an effort to try and and allow it to permeate my. I existence. remember you went on a period where you were like reading the Bible, and regularly. after a while, yeah. I was just like, I'm really not feeling it. Not that I don't like it. It's just that. I have zero feeling when I'm reading this or making an attempt to reach a higher power. Like, it's yeah, just, like find meaning in it, find deeper yeah. meaning in it. Right? I found like there was value. There was value and relevance for sure, but going through that particular angle, I was just like, eh, I'm not. See, and that's the problem with you motherfucking spiritual but not religious <laughs> assholes is that you read it. It's like, well, what? I don't really find any meaning. Well, of course you're probably not going to find meaning in it. Meaning comes from – you find meaning through the community's experience, right? Communities consist of a bunch of different individuals and those individuals, for certain people, there is meaning within those those scriptures and passages. And being in a community allows us to like share those experiences. There's meaning for sure. And the pastor is like re- primarily responsible for like making – scripture passage meaningful which is why like church services are important because in the best case circumstance they're able to say okay this is an important passage this touches all of those i think even if someone's in denial i would say for sure 90 percent of those passages are applicable to somebody's life 95 99 are applicable to someone's life regardless of whether or not they follow christianity christianity or any other religion but I will say this. The one thing that was a huge turnoff that I will not – I don't care what someone says. There's no way you can ever con- convince me otherwise. I find it extremely hard to believe that the core principle of atoning for your sins so that you can be saved or else you're going to go to hell. Dude, that is such hogwash. That is such <laughs> bullshit. That like does not make any sense. So what someone's saying is – of no choice of my own coming into this physical world boom all of a sudden i'm sinning no i totally agree i think so <laughs> it's very interesting because that very concept it occurs in every single faith that's grown to be like a major world faith with a bunch of followers is that like that is the way that people in power sort of use that power to keep the masses under their control right it's i'm like happy you sin. said that because i was gonna say that that i can see have been um conceived in order to lead uh force people to live a life of fear so that they can be controlled 
Yeah, and I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, for me, I believe the Bible is true in the sense that, like, it can it there is nothing new under the sun, and the Bible is the culmination of the human experience. It's the full possibility of like from pure good to pure evil, right, and everything in between. Like, it sums us up, like, for better or worse, and like in an instance, I don't know where I was necessarily going with that, but we were you're looking to me you're looking to me to tell you what you're talking about right now is that what's going on well i sort of I, I'm, try, I'm trying to backtrack to <laughs> doing that thing where you listen back to the episode and realize you talk a lot and then you don't realize what you're talking about <laughs> no i know exactly okay, what I'm okay, talking okay, about, but okay. i tend to i tend to deviate in, okay. in this yeah. sort of course so getting back on to track what i had said that i find pre- okay this, in summation I find everything in the Bible to be yeah, oh, okay, applicable yes. with the exception of the the cornerstone so, being that you must atone for your sins because otherwise you're going to go to hell. Yes, correct. And so my whole point was that it's – it's religion has always tried to break free of that like every, – every religion try, tries to tell you you need to like be subservient to these men in power, right? And like atone for your sins and be a you – know, be a humble like whatever. And, and follow the leader, right? So, you know, Judaism started out as, like, everyone had equal access to God. And then come the time of Jesus, Jesus comes along and sees that you have the the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders, basically saying you need to give us money, like, in order to be saved, right? So you were, you were buying your penance. And Jesus was like, no, that's not the way that God interacts with us. God interacts with us on, you know... A personal level. A personal level, exactly. And then you see with the the emergence of the Catholic Church that it transformed back into the same thing where you would pay for atonement, right? You'd give the church – I forget exactly what the term was called – but to be absolved of your sins. And so you had the Protestant Reformation where you had Martin Luther saying, no, that's not the way that Christianity is supposed to operate. So then come all the Protestant religions and yet – now we find with all these religious leaders saying, you know, you're sinning, you're sinning, you're sinning, you're doing all these bad things. You need to act a certain way, the way that I'm telling you, as opposed to thinking about the personal relationships that we have with God and with each other, right? Yeah. So it's like religion always is going to get perverted by the mainstream culture. Like, it just happens. It's human nature. But The way I, I think of it I, as... I think people need to redefine how they understand religion. Like, people are conditioned. You have to think that being a Christian means this, this, or that. Like, people put themselves in a box, right? They're told one thing as a child, and it's like, oh, well, that means that you're a Christian. Like, you have to believe these certain things. You have to be, like, anti-gay. You have to believe that women shouldn't I have see. a place to talk. Like, otherwise, if you don't believe those things, you can't possibly be Christian. And it's like, no, that's not how Christianity works. <laughs> it's just not. And so my my goal, I guess, through my ministry and even now is to redefine what, what Christianity is. Like Christianity is not what you were raised to believe it is. Christianity is, you know, an evolving understanding of your relationship with God. And there's a little Christ stuff mixed in there too. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into that. Sprinkled with Jesus. Jesus sprinkled with Jesus. Relevant to our experience, and that actually, I will touch on that briefly because, am I making sense? Is, yes. is are yes. you following what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I follow exactly. What and you're the the whole point why I identify myself as a Christian is because of the um, the death and resurrection story. Right? Is that we all experience these 
spiritual and emotional deaths, right? We experience tragedy, loss, you know, we lose part of ourselves, like, you know, stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? We go through these horrible valleys. And the promise that I find in Christianity is that we always find resurrection. Like the promise that God has for us is that we will always be resurrected. So we will always rise from that loss into something new. And if we open our hearts and open our minds like, and are intentional about our lives, we have an opportunity to make something of that loss and be reborn into something that transcends the suffering that we experienced. See, I, I like that you said that. Um, and I don't necessarily lean towards one thing uh, or the other. Like, for example, you just said, I identify myself as a Christian because of this for this main reason. Yeah. And I agree with that for sure, but I don't attach myself to this religion because of that. I just, I kind of see it like one, I just know that, but two, like I kind of, what I do is I really enjoy observing nature and just being intuitive with just the things around me. And I find solace in the universe and in nature. For example, you said just right now the valleys and being raised again to live another day or be stronger. Like I kind of see it like, okay, there's always a new day. There's always, it's always, what's this, the phrase? It's always darkest before the dawn seasons changing. Like literally things are fucking dying in the middle of winter and then bloom in the spring. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and just like things of that, I, I have a, a much more abstract approach than, than having like this bullet point thing according to a particular institution. And that's that's very interesting because I'm just thinking to myself, you know, with this sort of, uh, what's it called? Not abstract, but it's kind of more philosophical yeah. than religious, right? Um, that That kind of reflects who you are as a person, right? You're not like a, a social activist or like a... a proponent for like a justice movement or anything like that you're like you live life like you do you kind of Mm -hmm. and that's that's the way that you understand life and that sort of reflects your philosophy it's like you know personal experience right right whereas for me and for me it's one of i see suffering in the world that's caused by like greed selfishness and power people being power hungry and it like it's my imperative to change that and that's tied to my you know religious belief system and i wonder if like one informs the other right or if they're tied to each other and they're like symbiotic that in just our relationship with like the way that we live our lives right because i'm Mm -hmm. always trying to like live my life as a christian in the sense that i always want to be like open and and welcoming to whoever i meet like even if i don't like them or whatever Mm -hmm. right like it's just my natural instinct to try and be um, accepting of them and not judgmental. But that's like – that coincides with just – like that's just my identity, right? But it's a Christian – like I identify that yeah. as like a Christian part of who I am. Regardless of what uh, religion or code of ethics someone follows, I think it really comes down to one thing – and it can be said in a different number of ways. But that's just, you know, that's just to love. Just remove yourself from the situation and just make an effort to be as open and as loving as possible regardless of what the situation is. You know, Ray often tells Easier me, said than done. Ray often, <laughs> Ray often tells me 
that I tend that I that I intellectualize too much and I try to like deconstruct everything, which yeah, I do. I don't see a problem with that. But it got me thinking, you know, how can I most simply sum up what Christianity for me for me is? And this is something that I've sort of embraced is and it's something that uh who who is it? Uh Karl Barth a, a theologian said. I think it was Karl Barth said, they will know we are Christians by our love. And for me, it's just like this most simple, profound thing. It's like, yeah, that's basically what, what, how I could sum up what Christianity should be. They will know we are Christians by our love. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean, at at its best for me, it's like, that is what every Christian, every Christian, everyone who identifies as a Christian should be aiming for is to be like, that person is a loving person. And it's like, that's what's important. How do you think that it people's perception of themselves gets so ass backwards? For example, that okay, take for example, um, anyone in you know not anyone, but radical r- radical conservative people who think of themselves as loving Christians, but are the same type of people who say white rights, immigrants shouldn't be here. So you're, you're pretty much, you're saying, you know, we're good Christians, but you are completely disregarding the fundamentals of what it is to be Christian. Yeah. It's cognitive distance, but the best way that I can probably describe it is that, so we are uh, another one of my favorite quotes that I picked up recently is that uh, we're not ra- like human beings are not rational. We're rationalizers. And what I mean by that is that we do this in all aspects of our life, right? Is that here's reality and here's, and here's the circle of reality and here's the circle of our perception of reality. So we believe that reality is one thing and reality is its own thing, right? Sometimes they, they align, sometimes they don't. What we tend to do, though, when they don't align, is that instead of moving our perception of reality and changing that and saying, oh, reality says something different than our perception, we bend reality into our perception and say... So it can fit inside of our little it, box. It is easier brain. to move reality that's sort of on the edges of our, you know, that's not really important in our lives, but is convenient to maintaining this illusion that we have or our perception of reality. And so you have everyone sort of like trying to jam it all in and be like, okay, well, I can justify it because this is the other thing and that's all I need. Like, that's all I'm going to retain. And so you see that a lot in Christianity, especially conservative Christianity. It's like they're cafeteria Christians where they point out one, two, or three passages that they know, you know, by heart. Mm. Great. Like, Wait, what did you just say? Cafeteria Christians? Cafeteria Christians. They pick and choose what they believe to be the most important parts of the Bible as opposed to taking the Bible as a whole. Okay. You know, um, because the Bible's hard and the Bible's The Bible says this. The Bible says that. And all they're doing is picking and choosing passages in isolation, which does not do justice to the Bible. Like, that's absolutely counter of the whole point of why the Bible is the Bible and not cliff notes. Yeah. You know, it's like, if if those passages that they're picking out were so important, then they would appear more times than the three or four passages that they could actually pick out to defend their position, right? I could pick out 
hundreds, maybe thousands of passages that defend social justice and doing doing for the least of those, some you know, like lifting up the least of those, that God mm-hmm. sides with the oppressed. Every single book in the Bible, even numbers, speaks to doing justice to others. Like, for me, that's more compelling than three passages in the whole Bible condemning homosexuality. Yeah. It's like, but you're elevating the two. Thousands of passages to three taken out of context, without any context, and saying, well, actually, my thing is more important, and if you don't believe that, then you're not a Christian. And it's just, it's, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting perversion. And I don't really, I mean, far be it for me to judge, but I see them more as culturalists than Christians. I don't think that they represent Christianity or what the ideal of Christianity is as seen throughout history, mm-hmm. seen throughout the actual historical origins of how Christianity began in the first place. Like, if you, you know, everyone sort of thinks is, you know, the white Jesus and all that. People don't actually want to think about the historical time period or, like, the deeper issues going on, the societal issues that gave rise to the birth of Christianity in the first place. Like, they just want to be like, well, my pastor, my pastor told me this. <laughs> Gays are all going to hell. Yeah. So that's what Christianity is to me. Abortion and gays. Yeah. And the guns. Oh, my god. The guns, the gays. Real quick, uh, because I remember what your thesis was at seminary. Oh, do you? Do Um, you? I bet you don't. Was it the one, the black Jesus, or was that from undergrad? That was undergrad. Okay. I didn't do do a master's thesis. Okay, so I'm talking about then the undergrad. Yes. Um, How is it that... It was called the theory of the black Christ, by the way. Okay, the theory of the black Christ, because I in every all these pictures that you see, he's depicted as being white. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were any white people in in uh, the Middle East, of course not. Now or you know, a few thousand years ago, no. two thousand years ago. But I mean, a Middle Eastern Jesus <laughs> with like scraggly hair—that's not comforting to the white folk of Northern America, yeah. like. <laughs> So what were some of your uh, bullet points in your thesis of how you came about or what was the – just tell, talk to me about your undergrad thing. Oh, man. Well, I mean the, fun, the fundamental goal was to try and give legitimacy to the image of the black Christ as a more authentic representation of who Jesus should be portrayed as in, main, in mainstream culture. And that was primarily because it, it went into whole – and I'm not I'm not going to go into the full theory, but it's centered around black liberation theology, which is the underlying message of that is that God is God of the oppressed in all historical circumstances. Jesus, born a Jew, born a member of the oppressed class, mm-hmm. you know, ended up being persecuted, being killed for what he believed in, did all of this non, you know, uh, nonviolently and was reborn and, uh, and we see that throughout history is that all all of these uh, oppressed classes throughout humankind and even look to America, right? You have the suffrage movement. You know, women were second-class citizens, African-Americans. You know, the rise of black liberation theology was being like, you know, black people are human too, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the black – in our day and age, the most accurate representation for like the issues that we're dealing with right now when it comes to – our deepest scar, which is that of racism or slavery, right? That is, that is like the thing that our country has yet to 
get over. Right. And so the argument basically comes down to if we're going to authentically portray Jesus, we need to do it in the image of those that have been historically oppressed. In Jesus' time, he was a Nazarene Jew. In today's culture, he could be seen as um, and a descendant, Afri- a former African slave, right? In the okay. US. So, very yeah, interesting. It's, I mean, it's so much more complicated and nuanced than that. But yeah, it's uh, it's a complicated topic that really, I mean, it's interesting when you get into it. Like once you understand what white privilege is and what it means to have white privilege, I think it changes your perception. But it's a really hard thing to come to. Like it's very hard for anyone to sort of get that they have white privilege. And we talked a little bit about this with Nikita when she was here about like understanding white privilege. How do people understand how do people understand to the fullest degree that they have white privilege or appreciate white privilege? That they've been afforded they've they've been afforded certain um freedoms from uh inconvenience, let's say, that people of another color aren't. So, for example, I don't worry about getting pulled over when I'm driving. Never have, never will. Like, and I, part part of that has to do with the color of my skin. If I was black, like, talk to any black person, they all they they have all been pulled over. I am certain of it. I have not. Like, so it's like uh, that's probably. And like, have you, you know, how many times have you been followed around as an adult, like in a store when you go into a store? Never. Store? Exactly. Whereas that's not it's not even a part of my world. And whereas for uh, Hispanics or African Americans, that can be a common occurrence. That's not something unheard of or unfamiliar with. I just community. thought right now too, like if you are, um, say you're at work. You're working, you see the same people all the time, like having to worry about is your paycheck truly that which you are deserving of or if it's a fraction or if not a fraction, but uh, is it a, a few percentages, you know, below that of your white, straight male coworkers? Yeah, like or I mean if you're a woman, you know, that's like what – it's kind of male yeah. privilege, right? Whereas we don't, well, we don't think about – Well, you can sum it up as – well, not sum it up, but like you pretty much look at it as like – if you are a white straight male, you cannot you cannot play any card that says, "Oh, I'm being discriminated." There's no way you could ever play that card because being a white straight male has like what you said, the least amount of inconveniences aggressed uh, towards him. Yeah, or, and or that's him, that's not say. to say that and that's not to say that it's not possible to cr- commit discrimination against white people, oh, right. right? Like, hate crimes that occur because of, you know, black-on-white black crime does exist, right? It's not, like, it's not impossible for there to be a racially motivated crime that goes the other way, or, like, a racially motivated behavior that... Um, but it, it... The whole thing comes down to... It's kind of abstract, but it has to do with power structures, right? So who are the pre- predominant voices in a particular community, right, that most directly impacts you? You know, you look at um, African Americans in the inner city, for example, is probably the most um, easy to identify example where a lot of these public housing is reliant on federal, you know, government, oh. food stamps, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have, uh, it. yeah, I mean, does that sort of make sense? I see what you're saying now, yes. Okay. Yeah, interesting thing to digest. 
and reflect upon every so often. It's a and it's it's a very complicated topic. I mean, but it's also kind of important to be aware of, especially you know, just for clarity, like personal clarity. It's nice to just be aware because I think so many people are in denial. I see a lot of people who, even the most well-intentioned white people, are like, "I can't possibly have privilege." Like that just it can't be like i don't feel like i've been treated special like i've you know i've gotten fired from jobs i've had to like pull myself up on my bootstraps there's no way i can have privilege like i've lived a hard life kind of thing and so again it's like reality perceived reality Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do you're most of these people it's too difficult for them to change their perceived reality and be like oh well it looks like reality is different because look at these even more barriers even more additional barriers that these minority groups have to overcome like add that on top of your struggles like could you possibly see that that's too difficult for them so instead they just ignore those facts and fit what they know about reality stereotypes and all that into their perceived reality so they can continue believing that they don't have privilege interesting because like think about it right if you acknowledge that you have privilege that's kind of a bad thing right I mean, or it makes you feel guilty, or it 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 depends. I don't I feel the, bad. Yeah, like I can't help how I'm. What I don't attributes feel bad are either. given to me when I'm born? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and I mean, I've. I don't feel guilty either. I mean, I'm more than happy to have conversations about race or gender or whatever. You know, religion with anybody, and I'm going to do so in a non-judgmental way. I think that, you know. I, it's one of those things where the internet, I think, doesn't help the perception of this conversation. Oh, the internet like, really doesn't help anything. These, these sort of conversations, conversations, I think, do happen on a on a relatively frequent basis, where people do talk about race with their friends every once in a while, right? right. But you don't hear about that or see it on in, on the internet because as soon as you mention anything race related, oh my goodness, like you have just started a fire in the shit factory, <laughs> like just. Run. Run as fast as you can. Get away from that. Like, you can't... And so, every time we see any sort of... Well, we that happened with you when you left that comment on a page where you you say something... Oh, the And without somebody... For the most part, people typically read half of what you write and immediately are voicing their own opinion as opposed to reading a comment and taking it as a whole and attempting to approach it... Um, I have my beliefs and I'm going to... It's like, okay, now you're saying this. I read half of what... Yes, I read half of what you say, but now you have to listen to what I'm going to say. It's like, you didn't really do any listening. (laughs) Yeah. It was... uh, (laughs) Ray was telling me a while back about how uh, he and his wife mended their relationship years and years ago, back when he was recovering, um, because they would always be talking over each other and sort of trying to prove each other right. They used a talking stick. And so <laughs> one of them would hold the stick and they would talk and the other person had to not say anything and had to listen. And then when the stick was handed to them, they had to repeat what they believed the other person had just said to them. And then they would hand the stick back and the person would say whether or not that is that was accurate. And then it would go back and forth until you were forced to be like, you can't bend my words out of proportion because that is not what I'm really saying. And it's like you're forced to listen oh, to them say. I get it. So, like, the, so if I have the talking stick, I, I'm talking and then I give it to my wife and she has to say back, okay, 
this is this what you is, meant. This what is you what were you saying. meant by what you were saying. Instead of like, okay, I see what you're saying. Like as opposed to parroting the words, it's like, well, you know, it, it, so take, if, for, take for example, like, hey, take out the Victor, take out the trash, and you're like, you know, I heard that, and it was said in kind of like this really not, you know, like this angry way, and so I felt like you were saying like. Victor, you're lazy for not taking out the trash sooner, and okay. that the fact that I had to tell you, and then she gets to respond and says, you know, says yes or no, like that's actually, it's like no, that's not what I was saying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it to come off that way. I just meant take out the trash or doing something else. Or she could say no, that's not what I meant. You're just being too sensitive, so stop being okay. so sensitive. And then you have to be like, you have to either accept that or deny it because she's told you, she's confirmed or denied what you said, and you have to be like. Okay, I accept that, or I'm going to bend my perceived reality or my reality into my perceived reality and just continue living in my head. The talking stick. The talking stick. <laughs> it's, I remember. This, I used that with my kids when I was a youth pastor. This reminds me of um, when I was working effective. as an aide at an elementary school, and dude, kids would come up to you and just say the dumbest uh, things, like, "Oh, Mr. Marquez, so and so is touching the wall." Yeah, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, don't waste my time with this. And so there was this thing that we printed called the Tattle Turtle. And it was just a picture. It was like a clip art of a turtle, right, on a piece of paper taped to the wall. And the idea was, hey, if you've got something to say, you know, tell the Tattle Turtle. Just so that adults didn't have to deal with just, like, the stupid crap that kids would try and when they would try and snitch on each other for something like just that we don't care about. So you know? it was just a piece of paper. Yeah, it was on just a piece of paper that they were that supposed was to talk to. A clip to? art of a turtle, and yeah, and it was. So you, know, just, you had a line of kids just you know, if to someone, talk to a wall. If someone, if someone poked you, and you said don't do it, and they did it again, you know, tell talk to the tattle turtle. And I think it was something like, and if we, and if the tattle turtle maybe thinks it's. Worthy enough, like well, he'll tell us, or like something weird like that. That some is so of, lazy. Some you type are of device. So lazy. Some type of oh some type of device used to deflect just responsibility. All the little, no, yes. no, 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 yes. no, no, no. That is horrifying. All the stupid stuff that we didn't want to. I mean, seriously, every day, all day. Yeah, and you have kids, kids asking you, what do you about. Expect? It, you just don't know. You don't even know how wow. annoying it was sometimes. No, I have a fucking idea how <laughs> annoying it can be at sometimes. You get over it, though. That's so uh, disrespectful. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Give me a break. That's horrifying. No, whatever. Such a bad... Is that how you're going to raise your kids? Here, go talk to the wall. Here, we'll, we'll open the window. There's a squirrel that you can... You did this with. once a week dealing with kids. I did this five days a week. I did it more than once a week. We always had events. I was dealing with kids on a regular basis. Every day? Not every day. For six hours a day? Not every 30 day. to 35 hours a week? Okay. Not that much. That's a, This is just like when someone starts a, at a job, like at retail, and like, oh, hey, th- hey, you want me to help you find anything? And like, they're just so naive. And then a couple months later, later it's just like reality sets in. Maybe I just don't complain as much as you. No, I think maybe you just waste your time on things that are just you shouldn't waste your time on. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, forcing the kids to talk to an inanimate object about their complaints. See, for me, I would take that as a learning opportunity. You have a chance to teach them how to how to effectively like process these frustrations, right? Because what are they going to do? How is that? How is that teaching them any sort of practical life skill? Like, <laughs> when they grow up, it's how is that going to serve them? The tattle turtle. Yeah, I remember hey, I when my teacher made me talk to the wall. It was not my idea. 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm it was sure just our classroom or if a bunch of other yeah. people came or if, uh, someone else came up and they implemented it into all the classrooms. You disgust me. But uh, <laughs> I remember when that came out, I thought to myself, well, I can't believe I didn't think about this. Oh that was God. my first it's thought. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. That makes me so sad. Uh, whatever, this is dude. this is why our education system is Talk failing to the us. hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, people don't know how to communicate, and you contributed to that. No, because that's what our society is like right now. Everyone's just talking to walls. <laughs> really, really. Uh, that is what most of dialogue is these days. Is just literally speaking into a concrete facade. I, I like how smooth my face is after shaving. I don't like how I look. Yeah, you look um, like a child again. I know. How old do you think I could pass uh, looking like this? You know, I well, you got bags under your eyes, yeah. so you must be a little tired. But uh, oh, speaking that, of, of tired and sleeping, real quick. Yeah. Um, my uh, sleep cycle app mm-hmm. renewed on February fourth because that was the time that the 30-day cycle was up. Actually, it was going to renew on the 3rd, because the 4th would be 31 days or whatever, 30 days. I get an email saying, uh, hey, we've been having trouble renewing your um, sleep cycle app. This is like from the app store at iTunes. Uh, We're going to try again. We just want to let you know for credit card ending in, you know, yeah, the credit card number, the last four digits. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I I got a new credit card. I closed that. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. So, but I'm not going to die. We'll see how long this can go. Dude, I've gotten, like, three emails from them saying, hey, we're still trying to do this, like, just to let you know. It's now eight days past, or uh, seven days past the time that it was supposed to renew. So I'm going to see how long I can go. It'll probably be about 30 days. There's Maybe. no way that fails safe. Because people change credit card numbers all the time. Yeah. So, like, and Apple has, because that happened to me once, where they have... They don't let you make any other purchases or anything like that until you update your I never Apple. buy anything on the iTunes store. So, yeah. I don't know. I hope it can I just go on, go on forever. Yeah, until they like default an, your account. And there's an error or something <laughs> like that. But now I was, thinking myself, banned from I was thinking to myself, if I, do, if I do decide I don't want to pay it, will I really miss the reverse lullaby of being woken up? Can I really go from sleep cycle back to just the abrupt alarm clock? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I don't know. <laughs> isn't that crazy? I don't know. Like, isn't it so nice just to be able to wake up? Like, just and the fact that it's just like so begins smoothly. very soft and then gets gradually louder. Yeah, it's so, a, it's, it's a solid investment. So yeah, we'll still see how touching those discoveries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, back to whether or not you could play a what age you could play. Right. My dad actually sent me an interesting article that. I, it was a while ago, so I don't really remember what it, it, the contents of it, but the concept was about adults playing underage kids or whatever, and the ethical, moral dilemma of that. Do you is like if somebody asked you to play like like a if someone's thirty and they play someone that's like seventeen, that happens all the time in movies. That's what I thought. So you don't, you don't all find a problem time. with that. Because apparently some people find a problem with that. How would it be problematic? I don't know. Are you taking your dick out, like, in the middle of the movie? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's why. No. No? How is it problematic? Because you're 29, so you would feel comfortable playing a 17-year-old. Yeah. You could pass for a 17-year-old. Your voice is a little deep. You might have to talk like this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... uh, What's the big deal? (laughs) 
Such a high school response. Because it's not like you're the... Okay, chances are, if there's someone that's late 20s playing someone who's a teenager, the other people playing teenagers are most likely also in their 20s. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a particular position on it. I just wanted to know if... But you're you working. Of any, you're working. Of any it's not... The, the movie isn't real life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if you had heard of any sort of, like... Because you're in the business, so... I'm barely in the business. Or at least you have a better sense of what is sort of taboo and what's not. Like general norms and and practices and stuff like that. So it's not uncommon for people to play like wildly varying ages. Correct. Like if they're much older. Correct. So... Okay. Or you can have that's someone all, that's like I, 30 play someone that's 70 with makeup and I was just curious. That, that just, uh, I just remember that, so I wanted to bring it to the attention. Do people have – is there something I don't know about where like people have – are there – do you know people that have issues of people who are older playing people that are playing a younger age? I think so. I mean that's why the whole article – That's that was the whole premise of the article. I mean if you give me a minute, I can pull it up, but. Oh, look who's on their phone in the middle of a, I can't, uh, you're on your phone, I cannot think. He sends me, my dad sends me fun facts uh, every once in a while. Uh, did you know that Fanta was created by the Germans? I did not know that. Oh, you didn't. World no, War II. what else Nazis. is new? It was Nazis. Nazi juice? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that at all. So it's every delicious. Time Fanta, yeah, no, I, it's great. Which is your favorite? Uh, it doesn't have to have to be Fanta, but any type of soda. Oh, man. It's like a fruit soda. Crush is like the same concept. Yeah. The grape? I, wow. Grape is delicious. Yeah. Orange is okay. Pineapple. pineapple oh, Fanta. yeah, dude. The pineapple is real good. It really... There's this stuff called Inca Cola. It's yellow pineapple soda that is super popular in Peru and South America. Wow, dude. That stuff's amazing. It's so delicious. <laughs> they serve soda... Down there and up to three a three liter bottle, I think. So weird. Three liters? You know, I people rave about Mexican soda all the time. I feel like because it's, it's made with sugar instead of corn syrup. Now, because you see you see soda these days that says made, made with real sugar or whatever, like the old school Mountain Dew things. That yeah. they're now is that actual like cane sugar or is that still corn syrup of some sort? It'll say cane sugar on the can if it's cane sugar. So bad for your teeth, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, soda, eh, it's delicious. Oh, it's a freaking Slate article. Oh, my gosh. This is interesting. This is, I'm. it's like I'm you waiting for me to bring up something on the phone. Or if I'm just getting distracted by Instagram. And I have this well, idea, and I'm trying fair, to convey this idea, and, and then I'm talking, and I, and I, can, I can't. Uh, can you please put your phone away? See, I can listen. I'm also listening to you, so I can I can multitask. Whereas I have difficulty when you get distracted. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's fair. Yeah. It does not, it does not and then compute. and then it's like that scene in Star Wars when the the red droid like uh, blows his head blows up almost <laughs> like a little bit. You know, <laughs> system overload yes. can't handle it. I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so. Yeah, I can't really. It's that's all right. Don't worry about ridiculous. it. We'll save it for next time. You know, I'm not trying to not, have another two hour episode. No, I know this is. I'm Even the last one was really great, minute to minute. 
I'm not trying to have a two-hour Yeah, we again. could totally just cut the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> We're keeping it all. This is me slowly. <laughs> Until next time. Slowly rolls away from the table in slight embarrassment.